Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this podcast. Does this thing have a name? Is there a title to this? Or we just jump in? Post show? Post message show. Post uh, I should know that. The post message show. We only post it every week. It's here every week? <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. I'm here. It's so not, it's not posted every week. <laughs> I don't go back and watch it. But the post message show, here we are. And we're in a mood this morning. So no telling what you're going to get here today. But it's our time to come together after the weekend and spend a little time talking about the message. Guys, how are you? I am well. How are you? Super duper. Matt? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we are. Yep, we're here. We're here. Yep. Kind of, yeah. Diving into the series that we've been going through the last couple of weeks, Desperate Faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, been looking at uh, the story of the woman who had the, uh, the bleeding disorder, bleeding mm-hmm. issue there, mm-hmm. or the woman with the issue of blood there. Um, and you, uh, you really kind of brought this to our attention, I think, after having watched the clip that we've been watching for the last yeah. couple of weeks, having watched uh, The Chosen. Um, and you talked about how that particular story just really speaks uh, to you and is really connected with you. Um, why, why do you think this story connects with you uh, so much? I just remember hearing it as a child and uh, uh, thinking about that and just... You know how this woman was so desperate and the the odd miracle of just not even talking with Jesus or interacting with Jesus, just touching, you know, uh, the hem of his garment. And I've heard, being raised in church, I've heard messages on this many, many, many right. times. Yeah. So um, it's just a thing that was in my childhood. And then the, um, I said this, but um, when the, the scene we showed um, last week when they were, she was there with uh, Simon Peter's wife, yep. you know, washing clothes, and then they get get that cut over to the uh, bloody rags. Something right. just in my heart just leapt because I'm like, oh, okay, that's the one with the issue of blood, and we're gonna get to see that. Right, so it was so cool, and it's my favorite thing in the Chosen up to yep. this point. I've seen it all. There are three seasons, and um, watched them all. And man, there's some incredibly powerful moments in the series. Yeah, but uh, this is my favorite one. Yep. Yeah. And we'll give a plug right here. If you've never seen The Chosen before, man, we want to encourage you to uh, mm-hmm. to jump in there and watch that. I know mm-hmm. that they've got the app that you can download, that you can watch them all yep. on there. I think Amazon Prime has the first two seasons uh, on right, there so. as well. So uh, if you've never checked out The Chosen, certainly want to encourage you uh, to do that there. Uh, it's been fun for me to kind of sit back and watch uh, this series unfold and watch, uh, watch our people in the room uh, really connect with getting the visual aid of being able to see the clips that we've chosen each week, but then mm-hmm. uh, to hear you break down each week and kind of walking this woman through her, her story, and her journey of what we get through Scripture there. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch how her story is connecting with so many people, and, and so many people in their own particular situation, they're seeing their own life uh, play out in this scene as well. And we're seeing responses uh, to the message. I think this past weekend we saw seven people uh, say yes to Christ uh, for the first time. Uh, people are uh, moving forward and taking steps uh, forward in their in their faith journey, which has been yeah. which has been amazing to watch as well. So great job! Uh, you. Last two weeks right. uh, going going through this series. Um, let's go back to week one. Uh, okay. We didn't get a chance to come in and record last week, so let's just start right. back to week one mm-hmm. real quick. Uh, we introduced the series and uh, kind of laid some groundwork, but there were uh, three specific things that you spelled out for all of us that talked about how, really explaining how desperate this woman was. Uh, uh, the first thing you talked about was is that she was desperately sick, talking about you know how long uh, she had been in sickness and how long she had dealt with the disease. Um, but you also laid out there that it, we're not just talking about 
people that are sick in body. Um, you know, there is a place where you get to where you've been dealing with the same old, same old for a long period of time. And that seemed to have connected with people uh, as well. You, can you talk to us a little bit about what it means to be desperately sick? Oh, it's just, um, you know, I called that message, I've had enough. Yeah. And uh, sickness has a way of just wearing people down to where they're completely and totally exhausted from dealing with all of it, you know? I've seen people get there when they just really gave up because they just couldn't fight anymore. Right. You know? And I, I imagine this woman was really close to that. This was her last ditch effort to find healing. I think it was, uh, that was it. She had to find it here or never. You know, she was in a place, this was all she had left. She tried everything else. Mm -hmm. That's the picture Mark gives us. She knows she'd been to doctors everywhere. And the medicine of the day, you know, was, uh, some of it was based on superstition. Mm -hmm. So there's no telling what this woman had gone through. There's no telling what kind of physical torture she'd been put through mm -hmm. to try to get healing, you know. So she'd been through so much. And, and on top of it, you know, spent all that she had. And she was uh, very likely unmarried. There's no husband in the picture. He yeah. would have likely been there, but her condition probably kept her from being married. So. She's just in a desperate situation all around. There's just not a point in her life you wouldn't call desperate. You had talked about, you know, kind of maybe the age bracket that she had fallen mm -hmm. in as well. Probably this could have started about the time that she was, I think you said 11 or 12, somewhere in that, in that framework. If there. it was a menstrual cycle issue, which many, many people believe that that's what she had, you know, Mark was very careful when he wrote about it, as were the others, mm -hmm. and he didn't. Uh, I guess that's just something you don't mention a whole lot, and they certainly didn't in their day. And you just said an issue of blood, but likely it started, uh, you know, it could have very likely started when she began her menstrual cycle, you know, 11, 12 years old, something like that. Yeah, so that would have put her probably at the time that she would have encountered mm -hmm. Jesus, probably in that mid-20 uh, range, potentially. Yeah, yeah. There. if it, all that's true, yeah, she was probably mid-20s. And just think about everything that happens, you know, for, for a young mm -hmm. person through that period, especially mm -hmm. in that period of time, everything she would have been, you know, exposed to or, or missed out on because of yeah. this disease, because you mentioned that she was desperately alone, um, how she had to basically be isolated from her community. Yeah. Um, and that made me think back to, you know, the last couple of years when we were going through the pandemic and how isolated yeah. everybody was yeah. during, during the pandemic. And that was, you know, a year, two years, something like that. And we experienced that, but we didn't experience that just completely alone for the most part. We were, you know, hunkered down in our homes, that kind of deal. But I remember that isolation. And I remember how terrible that felt and how you couldn't, you couldn't see people's faces because of masks and, and you couldn't be around people. But that was for a, <laughs> just a, a portion of time compared to what this woman had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. 12 long years of this. That's just yeah. hard to imagine. Uh, hard to imagine a sickness that, that goes on for that long. It's hard to imagine her actually surviving that long as well. Exactly. That's a pretty serious situation she has going on, but it was just a regular grind for her 12 years, weak, sick, afraid, alone. It just compounded. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have faced during the pandemic that similar thing, yeah. you know, having, I had COVID twice, you know, and, and uh, the, the isolation mm -hmm. of it, the first time, you know, it was in the middle of all of the right. COVID scare and I had friends come over and drop off stuff for her, and they would leave it at the doorstep yeah. and leave. You yeah. just felt like you had the yeah. plague, you yeah. know what I mean? This woman had to feel that way, like she had the plague. Nobody wanted to touch her. She couldn't go into anybody's homes. Mm -hmm. She couldn't touch them without them being unclean. So she was isolated in, in all kinds of ways. Mm. She had, you, you talked about how desperate she was and then 
as we were wrapping up week one, you make this statement, uh, kind of really position where it was, where she was positioned at and where we have to get positioned to is whether we get to this place in our life where we recognize that and we realize that, that Jesus is all that we need uh, or all that we have, but we, but it puts us in a place to realize that Jesus is all that we need. Um, uh, that was, that, that's one of those statements right there that really has the potential to be life-shaping and life-changing for us when, because I think on one side of it, it's, I don't know that I ever want to get to the place that I recognize that, that Jesus is all that I have. I mean, there's there's a lot of things in there that I want in my life or something like that, but it's realizing that Jesus is all that I have that it puts me to the position of strip everything else away. I still have Jesus, which means that I have enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that, that changes the perspective of life. You know, the the idea of getting to the place where Jesus is all we have to find out he's all that we need. The Before that, before we come to that place, we're living under a bit of an illusion. Because mm-hmm. here's the truth. He is all that we have. Yep. He's all that we have. John said, you know, in him was life. And the life was the light of man. Mm. Life is only found in him. And all this other stuff, it is an illusion. It really is. Mm. The fact that stuff that homes and cars and careers and all that can actually give you life it's just not real and you find that out when you lose some of that you really do those things are fragile they all are we're not promised tomorrow we're not promised another day you know we don't know and when you when you discover that that he truly is all you have that's a that's a scary place to be it really is it is scary it's almost a Really, it's almost, I'm trying not to, I don't want anything about, you know, I don't want to be in that place, but I also say, like, it's also an advantage, I think, for her or for somebody in that situation. Like, I think about, I mean, I grew up in church going on missions trips, and you go to these countries where people have, I mean, they have scrapped together a home, and they're the happiest people in the world because they have Jesus, and all the other stuff is just this other stuff. And I can remember, I mean, that changed me as a kid going on those trips going, oh, this is one totally different life. It pulls you out of your, I need all these things. And it's, no, they had Jesus and that's all they needed. Mm -hmm. And that's, so it's almost like she had an advantage in, would she have ever reached that point in her faith if she hadn't gone through everything that she went through? Which is a hard question to ask. Well, if a doctor had been able to give her some relief, she probably would not have done this. I mean, I can't say for her, but I can say for me, if a pill could have solved it, yeah. I wouldn't have gone to all the trouble to press through the crowd and touch yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, a pill, in some cases, makes things worse. In some cases, it makes it a little better. But when she touched Jesus, she had this immediate, complete healing mm-hmm. of everything which would be far better than any other solution. <laughs> you know? right. So, again, Jesus truly is all we have. That's it. One day we're going to come to the day when that's he's all we have. Yep. You know what I mean? All, all of us are going to come to that point when uh, when we're going to pass, you know. There's a... I was, I was reading, what is it? Um, this uh, The Greek philosophers, the Stoics, had this, I think it's memento mori, I believe is what it said, that the knowledge that we're going to pass from this life is is so powerful 
because in that moment, Jesus is all we have to hold on to. Everything else is slipping away. And the Lord and the Bible said, teach us to number our days, yep. you know, that we may, I can't remember the exact verse, but it, it basically the idea is if we number our days, we'll walk in wisdom because Jesus is all we have. That's good. At the end of it all. Yeah. It's really good. Which is a great launching point for us to come back. I just kind of want us to get caught up on week one, and now we come yeah. back into week two, which is where we were at this week. Um, and it really was focusing in on uh, her immediate uh, uh, response to Jesus going through the crowd and her reaching out and touching his garment and it, getting that immediate heal, uh, healing. And it would watching the chosen, and all of a sudden Jesus goes, Wait, Wait a minute. Who, who touched me? And that's kind of where we stopped the clip for this week. I mean, what a powerful way uh, to kind of to kind of launch into the message. But uh, kind of going back to uh, the woman and her decisions and the choices that she was making, there were there were three things that you talked about that she had done in those in those moments right there, uh, focusing in on that she heard that she you know she what she was hearing about Jesus coming and what are we listening to, mm -hmm. and and you made some really great. Uh, 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 points there as far as what are we allowing our ourselves to focus in on and to listen to as well. And you even shared a little bit of a story about how you had to make some changes to some things that you were listening to because it wasn't healthy for you. It wasn't productive yeah. uh, for you. What's the connection there between how we live our lives based upon what we hear? Well, what you listen to and what you let get into your ears just directs your day a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, if I if I get up in the morning and hear a and watch a news story or a reel or whatever. It's, mm -hmm. it's more for people now, social media, I yes. guess, than it is sitting down to watch the news. If I watch an argumentative thing, you know, then I, something gets stirred up within me that doesn't help me throughout the day. Right. You know, I watch this argumentative thing, and, and I may agree, I, I usually agree fairly well with one side or the other, and I get on that side, and I'm upset at the person who's arguing back, and... Then I get on the road and I'm upset at the person who cuts me off. Then I'm upset at you or Matt or somebody I'm in at work. Then I'm just, things just take me off. That's just a, a microcosm, I guess, of, of how it gets into our lives. Yeah. Just, uh, it sits us in a bad direction. Yeah. Well, what's crazy with social media is they start putting more of those videos in there because that's what you're watching. <laughs> and it's like, that's oh, I'm, I'm going to watch the next one. one more yeah. Pop yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just like a continuous. Right. The cycle of, oh, I guess I'm watching this now. One other option, you know. Right, so, right. I, mean, I think it's powerful. We tend to be very passive at times in our day, I think, very passive about our mental diet, our hearing, mm -hmm. and what we do. You know, we can, and I've done it too, you just scroll reels of things, you know. Yeah. And some of them are entertaining, you know. And then you get to the one where somebody cuts somebody off in traffic and they get out and have a fight. Mm -hmm. And that captivates you, you know. Yeah. It's like, wow, look at this. Oh, my Lord. And then... Then you're stirred up in drama. Yeah. And but the thing is, we're so passive. We just scroll and we allow some algorithm in Facebook or Instagram to determine what we're going to see next. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like we're spoon-fed uh, into our lives what somebody, some robot wants us to see. Mm -hmm. You know. And uh, I think part of the message yesterday is be intentional about what you put into you. Right. You know. I found that if I really discipline myself to put the Word of God inside, and I've been doing that a lot lately, past several months, I've just made sure the first part of my day, the first good part of my day is in the Word, mm -hmm. and it gets in first before anything else. And uh, I've seen a lot of lot of things uh, get better yeah. as a result of that. Don't have a perfect life and still have problems, obviously, <laughs> right? but uh, I've seen some things happen. 
What I appreciated about this part of the message yesterday is that you drew the connection there that we're not talking about, oh, that's that's sinful right there. It wasn't about, you know, oh, that this is this these are sinful things that I'm listening to, and so therefore I'm not gonna let them in. But it was it was more so about, is this good for me? Yeah. Is this is this healthy for me? Is this productive? Right. We're not. I mean, we're not. Yes, I mean, you know, the the sinful things that we're listening to. Yeah, we don't need to be. I mean, that's <laughs> that's clear. Let's not listen to those. But it's the things that are maybe that aren't. You know, that, that maybe are just entertainment. But they're not healthy. They're not. They're not productive uh, for me. And making that decision and saying I'm not going to allow that to enter into my mind. I'm not going to allow that to enter into my ears. Yeah. And frankly, some of it's just a complete waste of time. Whether it's even, <laughs> taking, it. whether it's right. even taking you down a bad path, you yeah. know, let's say it's even funny stuff. I mean, how productive is me watching 40 videos of cats, you know? I mean, <laughs> if I want, I mean, uh, it feels like, <laughs> right. it feels like we have reached a point in society that we need something to kind of numb our brains or distract us all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just, we're glued to those things. And uh, I want to break that. Yeah. And I think you're seeing some pushback in that world, some pushback on constantly being on social media. I think right. there's going to be a swing away from that because we're going to realize what that's done to us. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I even heard it. And I don't know, if I attended online this week, so I only heard one message this week. But <laughs> So you may or may not have talked about it, but the, in there I really heard kind of a challenge too of, like, how did she hear about Jesus? It was, yeah. I mean, somebody was talking about him, you yeah. know. It wasn't somebody spending time doing a bunch of wasteful things. Somebody stepped up and was, like, excited about who he was, you know. That came out a little bit in the Chosen clip. And if people haven't been watching the Chosen, you don't quite get this. But uh, she, uh, Jesus asked her, well, maybe we haven't got there yet. No, we haven't got, got there, there yet. yet. That's the next clip Spoiler. that's coming yeah. in. Spoiler hey, alert. You'll see a little bit of that. <laughs> we will have to explain this next time yeah. for those who haven't watched The Chosen. But how in The Chosen, and obviously this is, they add a lot of drama to it and everything and a lot of, uh, a lot of content that they've really researched well, a mm -hmm. lot of it. But some of it, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody right. knows if her name was Veronica. Uh, there's a tradition <laughs> about that, but, you know. But anyway, the way she found out about it is pretty cool mm -hmm. in The Chosen. You know? Yeah. And uh, they'll see that in the clip coming up this week. That's cool. Very good. So we talked about the fact that she heard, uh, but mm -hmm. then you drew our attention to the fact that she spoke. She did. Um, mm -hmm. That, you know, she kind of, she spoke in faith. And if I can just... Uh, she did. If I can just touch it, if I can just touch, the, touch his clothes, touch his garment, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be made well. Talk about the power of our words, because you, uh, man, Mark you says, laid it out there for us. Mark says very clearly, she touched the hem of his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I'll be made whole. She acted because of what she spoke. You see that one on the clip, she kept saying mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, she, she repeated it. Just touched, she kept saying it, saying it, saying it. And, uh, and our words have incredible power. We said it yesterday, Proverbs 18, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Our words direct us. And so uh, there's, there's tremendous power in that, what I speak. And again, passivity with what comes out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I, I talk, you know, when I'm around people I'm comfortable with, I talk a lot, probably too much, and uh, I'm a talker. So easy for me to say the wrong thing. Uh, it's so easy for me to say too much. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, 
part of my calling is as a communicator. You yeah. Know? So I have to be really careful with that because I love it. And if I find something funny, oh man, I can just go down the path. And, uh, you know, I think we're all probably a little guilty of that. Oh, I am. <laughs> but anyway, I can also speak negatively. Mm-hmm. You know, I can speak uh, not typically of other people. I can really easily speak negatively of myself. Yeah. I'm not one to regularly criticize other people, but I can be very hard on myself. And people do that a lot. I'm no good. I'm not as good as this one. I'm fat. I'm lazy. I'm whatever. Yeah. I'll never amount to anything. And that self-talk can be so destructive because you start to believe it. You start to live it out. I've heard it. I've heard it said uh, at different points in time that um, you keep saying things about yourself. If you're specifically talking about negative things about yourself, that the more the more that you keep saying it, uh, there becomes a point in time whether or not you started you you believed it when you initially said it or not, or maybe it was an off the cuff comment. But the more times that you say it, there becomes this point where you do believe that you know, oh, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. Well, because some point in time you just start believing, hey, I, I actually am stupid, um, man, and it seems. It's, maybe it's, it seems so simple in the beginning. I think it's probably where most people land is, is that in the beginning it was just an off-the-cuff comment. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't start out as, I, I actually believe that. Right. But somewhere, somewhere down that path, I said it enough times that it just became ingrained in me that, yeah, I am stupid, or, um, you know, or I'm fat, or I'm lazy, or, or whatever. We have this incredible power to create narratives in our own minds mm-hmm. of what exists, even what happened, you know? Yeah. And we build those up often with our words, and we will talk ourselves into believing things. Uh, I've had experiences over, you know, nearly 30 years being in ministry. I've had experiences many times where uh, somebody gets ticked off about something that happened. Let's say, no specific thing, but let's say we're all in a meeting, and uh, a week later, somebody's like, well, this happened and that happened and the other, and I'll hear it and be like, I was there. That's not the way that happened. <laughs> right. And sometimes, six months later, they're still harping on it. And uh, they have talked themselves into believing that's how it is. You know, when that actual situation has no basis in reality. Mm -hmm. When you're objective and you can sit down and say, this is what actually happened, and they talk themselves into believing an alternative reality. I've seen people like that, and it shocks me because I'm like, I saw this and I know it didn't work that way. And how can you just sit there and lie? And what I've, what I've come to understand is they actually believe Believe that they've talked themselves into that. Right. And it could be the emotion of it or, or they wanted to be mad or they wanted it to be that way. You can talk yourself into a reality really quickly. And that's why it's so important again, not to be passive, but be intentional about our words. That's good. I was, I was with my family this past week. So we're sitting around the table eating and talking and sharing stories and my brother and I Tons of stories we were sharing just about stuff. And I don't even remember which story we were sharing at the time, but my dad goes, Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was, my mom was like, You weren't even there. <laughs> you know, like, but we've, we've said it so many times over the years. It's just one of those stories we bring up a lot. And he thought he's been he there. Does, he feels like, like he's I've been, been there. there. I, was at, I was at that moment. And he said, No, I was at the hospital. You were still at work or whatever, you know, whatever the thing. And I'm like, Well, he's heard crazy. the story. He's, he's heard told. the story so much that he sees himself in it. Yeah. You know? Which is, I mean, the thought of that is powerful if you apply it. I mean, like, you really can just speak something so many times that it I'm sure becomes your, your reality. You know? I'm like, sure your dad's not trying to make up. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, that's, <laughs> Well, maybe. Let's, let's say that in case he's watching or listening. Uh, but, uh, 
But All right, it, it's true. You can talk yourself into believing you've been there because you've seen that story in your mind's eye yeah. so many times. As others talk about it, you think you're there. That can happen to all of us, you know. Yeah. I can be just as wrong, too. I, in the meeting, you know, yeah. I was talking about a scenario like it's somebody else. I can do that, too. Yeah. I can get hurt, especially when you're hurt. When you're oh, hurting, yeah. you can so believe the way a person said it, you know. It's like, he said this to me, and you'll build it up, and, and you'll put a tone and an attitude into their voice that they never really used. It was a text message. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> email. Oh, it's a text message and email is a terrible place yeah. to communicate emotion. Yeah. If you ever get a text, we're off track with the subject, but if you ever Hang get with a text, us, guys. <laughs> if you ever get a text, I tell people this all the time, when you get a text message, you read it to yourself with the worst possible attitude in their voice. You know? Yeah. At least I do. If somebody oh, yeah, says anything sure. borderline, I read the worst <laughs> possible thing. I see them really smart alecky or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, tell me this. How how can we be intentional about what we speak? Well, yesterday we talked about it so much about ask the Holy Spirit to put a guard over your mouth. That's the That's only right. way to do it for me. Yeah. Is just say, Holy Spirit, put a watch over my mouth. And if I start to say anything critical, mm -hmm. anything negative, anything that takes me or the room around me down, then put a check in my spirit. Maybe not everybody knows what that feels like, but it's yeah. almost like that little, people call it a voice. You know, God's given us a conscience that speaks to us. He's yeah. given us the Holy Spirit. As Christians, the Holy Spirit lives in us and directs us. And there's times that I'll start to say something and I'll just know I'm not supposed to say that. Right. It's the Holy Spirit saying, don't say it. Mm. And sometimes I still say it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then I feel like, oh, I just blew it. I knew I shouldn't have said that. Right. I'm learning more and more to hear that voice that's and good. to listen to that voice. That's good. And that's one of the quickest ways to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. is to ask him to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you will give him a chance. Yeah. And he will do it if you ask him. I just say on the other side of that. I, we have almost the opposite of personalities as far as I'll just not say things. <laughs> and I think there's also a power in saying I'm going to be intentional to actually say, you know, I think of my kids, like I'm going to say these things over them and to them so that, you yeah. know, so that that's written in their story as well. Oh, yeah. But there's, you know, I mean, you had me in tears. I was doing the dishes watching you tell the story uh, online um, just of, of the missionary. Missionary, and, yeah. The, the son the yeah. mom. And, that story affected me so much. Oh I heard gosh. that story in 1988 in a class. Uh, he told us that story, and it blew me away. And I've shared that so many times yeah. with people who are praying for their children to come to Christ. And it's just one of the most precious stories. Oh, you could just, I mean, once again, I'm, I'm watching the room. And, man, you just could see over the over the room, man, this, this sense of relief and also expectation of people as they were listening to that mm -hmm. story. They were claiming that for their own families. They were claiming that for their own kids. I mean, I'm watching parents saying, yes, yes, that's that's gonna be my son, that's gonna be my daughter. So, I mean, that, that story landed and connected um, with so many people. That missionary was a man named Charles Greenaway. He was a pioneer Assembly of God missionary. Mm -hmm. Older folks in the Assembly of God revered him. Hmm. He was an incredible missionary, and uh, he planted all kinds of uh, churches around the world. There's a Bible college in Belgium, which Bill Schwartz, one of our missionaries, yep. goes over there quite often. And uh, Bill's invited me to go over there and said he could get me in to preach there. And I would love to preach in the, in the chapel where Brother Greenaway uh, cool. founded that place. He's an incredible man of God. Yep. He used to go around all the time. Um, he would tell us uh, he was this 
I know we didn't come here to talk about him, but here we are. <laughs> he drove this uh, old car. It was like an old Nova. And he's like 80 years old at the time. And every time he pulled out of the Bible College parking lot, he would squeal his tires. I mean, <laughs> every time. That's awesome. Uh, he would. And uh, he would go around and look at us, and he would talk to you like he was mad, you know. He'd be like, look up here, boy. Yeah. You're going to make it. He would tell me that. He, <laughs> he walked by me on a bench one time, and he said, you're going to make it. And uh, he did that to everybody. You know. <laughs> but I have internalized that. And even today, yeah. 30 Gosh, what, 35 years since uh, I've seen him, I still remember. I, I'm going to make it. Brother Greenway said I would. Yep. Wow. Words. Words. Power of the words. Yep. She heard, she spoke, and then she acted. Mm -hmm. She had an act of obedience that, that she took yep. that forced her to press through this crowd that she wasn't supposed to be around, that she obviously yeah. wasn't supposed to go through touching people. Uh, you know, she's considered unclean in this moment, but still... Yep. Her act of obedience led her, uh, led her to Jesus. We all have an act of obedience that we that we're supposed to take uh, right. after we hear, right. after we speak. There's an act of obedience that we're supposed to take. Right. Um, our faith isn't passive. You've said you've used the word yep. passive a couple of times yep. uh, today. Yeah, uh, our faith leads us to it action. Acts. Mm -hmm. It does. It um, it's kind of one of those things of that if you're just sitting on the sidelines. If you're just hearing the messages and you're not living it out, taking that step, man, you're not you're not walking this thing out like you're supposed to. I asked the question some uh, weeks ago in the message, what's the next right thing we're supposed to do? Mm -hmm. What's the next right thing you need to do? Oftentimes we know. I don't know why we get stuck on that sometimes. Sometimes it's not that difficult a thing and, and we're just stuck in, in, in action. And I wanted to challenge the people yesterday, do something. This woman didn't just have faith and sit back and say, well, if Jesus wants to heal me, he will. She said, I've got to do something here. I've got to step out in faith and touch him. And that was a hard thing. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in a crowd of people and there's someone you wanted to meet and everybody else wanted to meet them too? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a celebrity, maybe somebody. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Craig. Yeah. Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> but uh, seriously... <laughs> You ever been around a, uh, a place? Uh, we were in this funny situation up at Liberty University. Uh, there was this lady who wrote these wonderful books. Karen Kingsbury. She wrote all these great books, and uh, uh, Alexa read them. I didn't, yeah. but she read them and loved them. And she was coming up campus, and uh, and I knew Alexa wanted to meet her. So there was a crowd of people around there, everybody meeting her, and it was so awkward. We were like, should we walk up to her? Should we, what, should <laughs> right. we say hello? And uh, you just felt this crazy way. This woman, this is Jesus here. You right. know what I yeah. mean? This yeah. is Jesus. And and all of a sudden, uh, there comes the Messiah walking by. And she's bought into this. Yeah. She believes he's the Messiah. But yet, right at the moment of her obedience, there's so many obstacles. So many obstacles at that moment. There are people all around him. They said it was a press, you know. It's kind of like... Uh, the only not everybody will get this, but it's like Disney World right after the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> you ever watch terrible, the fireworks at Disney World? It's like a crowd yeah. of you're almost moving with the crowd. That's kind yeah. of the picture Mark paints for us. Because when Jesus said, "Who touched me?" They were like, "Hey, everybody, everybody, it's the yep. whole crowd." Yep, you're being thronged by a multitude here, so it's almost like. It's almost like it was scary crowded. If you've yep. ever been in a situation where it was scary crowded, mm -hmm. she had to push through that crowd. It says she came in the press, it says. So she had to press in there. And sometimes in that step of obedience, we got to press in. It's interesting. You had, you brought this out in the message yesterday about that, um, 
this is uh, this is a miracle that Jesus had no real <laughs> uh, no real action, no no nothing that he really no did in the participation in, in the midst of this. And I was sitting there, and I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking as you're as you're talking about that, you know, how many times do we miss God moving in our lives? Because we're unwilling to go to him, and we're just simply sitting on the sidelines, waiting for him to to move in our own lives. When it's really, he's giving you the power and the authority to be able to do what you need to do. Sometimes I've heard it said, when we're waiting on God, he's waiting on us. Yeah, he's waiting on us to obey him. Yeah, he's waiting on us to take whatever step it is. You know, and if she doesn't move, he keeps walking. Yeah, no kidding. Hadn't thought of that. But he's on his way, and we've said this a million times. He's on his way to to raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. Yeah. He's got a mission. Yeah, you know, he's on the way to do this. And I don't guess everybody knew. Maybe they did. Maybe the crowd knew where he was going. I don't know. Um, Jairus had made this uh, plea to Jesus very publicly, and mm-hmm. Jesus starts out. So hadn't thought of this till now. But maybe the crowd was trying to follow along to see what would happen. They didn't. And right. Jesus did that <laughs> he, miracle. He he end of this story is he went in in private and raised this little girl from the dead. I right. mean, it's a pretty powerful story. And in fact, she she died kind of while they were on the way. Yeah, exactly. Which is another whole thing about this story that we don't often think that she possibly died while Jesus was because ministering of, because to this, of this woman. woman. Yeah. Because he didn't just... I mean, when Jesus, when she touched him, and we're going to see this next week, he stopped and made a whole deal out of it. They, yeah. they kind of had church there in front of the whole crowd, if you will. He healed her very deeply in a way that we don't often see on the surface. We're going to get to that mm-hmm. this weekend coming up. But uh, so many things going on in exactly. this story. But this woman pressed in and did what she knew to do. Yep. You know, and that's so important. You do what you know to do, and God does the rest. And it's not like it's a new process. I mean, I've looked, I've just looking all through Scripture, everybody, I mean, God called them to an act of obedience, and when they did it, that's when he showed up. I mean, mm-hmm. I immediately thought of Noah building an ark and the Israelites. It's not like the sea parted before they got there. They had to start walking into it. Yeah. You know, David had to gather more stones than he needed for some reason. Like, there were all these things, like, all these stories. God doesn't show up. Well, he showed up. He's not acting until you act. Um, and it's like, how many, I think you just asked the question, how many things have I missed out on because I wasn't willing to act? To just step out and be obedient to what he's called me to do. I'm just letting my faith be passive. I'm just saying, oh, if God wants to move in my life, then right. he'll do it. Or if, I, if God wants this to happen, then he'll do it. It's more God is moving. Maybe God is moving, and, yeah. he, and he's waiting on me, as you said, to take my step. I've seen that oftentimes applied to the people say this about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah. they're so great and so powerful. People say, well, if God wants me to have these gifts, he'll give them to me. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, seek them. Mm. Apostle Paul said, ask for gifts. You know, yeah. seek after. Uh, you know, I think he's talking about prophecy, especially that you may prophesy. Uh, whole other vein we could go I'm off saying. in, but but there is an active participation with the Lord in that. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, anything else with week two? Uh, maybe uh, is there anything that didn't make the didn't make the message, or you know, uh, I think we've gotten pretty good at uh, getting up there with what I'm able to do in that period of time. Very uh, good. With uh, four services now, uh, we have to have it just a little bit shorter. So, um, you know, I know uh, six pages of notes is about what does it. There it is. If I get over six pages, (laughs) I'm too long. We start Uh, sweating a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I always get it. I always get the notes down to six pages. Yes, yep. And uh, that's what makes it happen. But 
I didn't have a lot of extra. This story, we're doing three sermons on one little scene here, you know, so, and there could be four. I think if I didn't have Easter coming up, I'd right. probably do four out of this, but uh, here we go. But next week's going to be great. I'm so excited. I think the climax is next week. Yep. No, we're excited. Even beyond the blood ceasing. Yes. What he said to her exactly. afterwards. That's beyond that. And that's the depth of healing we're going to experience. Well, we're looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what mm-hmm. is shared this weekend and yep. uh, how God moves Excited again. For it. Yeah, man, it'll be good. So glad to have everybody. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next time. See you.